Uh, my name is James Dermond. I'm the author of Doorways to the Unseen, Six Tales of Terror and Suspense, and you're listening to This Freakin' Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of This Freakin' Show, the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. I am your host, Travis D., and long time this evening, as always, Hogwarts Colin and Geekcast Joe. And this episode of this freaking show is brought to you by Fire Pit Bar and Grill of Piotown, Illinois. If you're looking for a down-home country restaurant that offers a burger and beer for just $7.99 every Monday and Wednesday, you have to check out the Fire Pit Bar and Grill of Piotown. You can find them on Facebook at Fire Pit Bar or at their website, firepitbar.com. We are also brought to you by WeAreDapperTies.com. If you want a high-quality tie for a low-quality price, go to WeAreDapperTies. My goodness, am I ever going to get through this without tripping? WeAreDapperTies.com, where you can get a high-quality knit tie for just $15 plus shipping and handling. But if you use the special discount code FREAKIN, that's F-R-E-A-K-I-N, you can get free shipping. So guess what? Your f- probably should be a $45 tie in a department store is only going to cost you $15. So check them out. We are dapperties.com today. You're Owen too, Joe. I am. But I mean, I, I get it. I mean, you being like probably the, like the most like the biggest tie enthusiast that I know, I get that you're kind of like, you know, Dishuffled, I guess is the proper word, for yeah. the fact that you get a high quality tie for just fifteen dollars. I mean, I get it. it. It's actually you know, really I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I feel the same way. Like whenever I look at wrestling figures or like baseball shit, you know, it's like it's like you're so excited about the opportunity to get something so great that's near and dear to your heart that you just don't think straight. And I know you. You're the kind of guy who has like you. You have a beautiful mind, there, bro. But just, I guess, when it comes to ties, it just doesn't want to function properly, nope. and I totally get that. Totally lose it. But I mean, like, I mean, like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not big, I'm not as big into ties as you are. I do wear a tie occasionally for like a special occasion and everything. And I mean, the biggest reason I don't wear ties is because I can't spend forty five dollars on a tie in a department store. But if I could, if I could take that forty five dollars instead of buying one at a department store, and I could buy three. On WeAreDapperTies.com. Why not, right? Absolutely. It's a great opportunity. Um, thank you to DapperTies for being the sponsor of the show. And thank you for Fire Pit for being here from the very beginning. Uh, it's wonderful that these people believe in us and think that uh, we are well worth it because we are here to prove that they are correct. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are here with a brand new episode. Uh, we are inching ever so closely to that 100th episode. Um Super excited for that. A lot of uh, moving parts for that. Uh, we're going to have a – it's going to be an exciting show. I already got some ideas on what's going to go on and got some things floating in my head. We're going to have some people come back. And you guys know who it is, but I don't want the uh, our fans, our listeners to know yet. But it's going to be an incredible show. I, I think we're only like uh, three or four weeks away now. I think like four weeks away from 100th episode. It sounds right. And yeah. – uh, Starting next week, uh, we are releasing this freaky show. So I'm super excited to bring that back. We're going to have five straight weeks of 
Halloween fun here on this freaking show as it mer- uh, merges or morphs into this freaky show. Uh, Geek Cash Joe will be uh, taking a sabbatical, and Freak Joe will be back. So I'm super excited for that. And on top of Freak Joe being back, um, uh, Freaky Tales will be back here. So every week we're going to have uh, the Freak Joe read us a freaky tale. So I'm super excited about that as well. Totes. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I apologize that I'm taking over all the airtime from all three of us. Uh, that is not my intention. I do want to know what's going on with your guys' life, but I'm so super excited for everything that's going on in our lives and everything that we're doing here and how we're almost reaching that, that great milestone that you know I thought would never come. And, I mean, here we are. We're, we're wrapping up Season 2 in a few weeks. We're releasing the 100th episode. It's, it's a good feeling. It's a big deal. I'm into it. It's a, it's a huge deal. But how are you guys doing? Let's, let's find out what's going on with you guys. What's new? What's exciting? Tell me some stuff. Anybody at all. I don't, I mean, I don't have up. anything. I am, I am totally wiped out. It was, uh, it was just a long, boring week. <laughs> okay. What were you, Con? You got anything? 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 Uh, it, it was yeah, pretty boring. Okay. Well, I'm going to share my exciting life then. Um, so uh, from what uh, I explained last week and how you guys know, I had to go to Charlotte uh, last week for work. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, there were only two moments in that entire between Tuesday morning and Friday night. There were only two moments of that trip that I wish never happened and I wish I could fix. So let me start off with the first problem. That was checking into the hotel. So uh, a few weeks ago, probably about a month ago, my car got used in Ohio. Uh, somebody found uh, somebody got hold of my debit card number and purchased a $900 iPhone. Oh, jeez. On top of that, these idiots added a line onto my Verizon plan. Oh. No idea how they did it. No idea why they would think the logical sense for stealing my debit card and adding the line that I wouldn't notice that. Whatever. Found it, took care of it. You know, the unfortunate thing is now, though, with my debit card for the bank that I use, um, if I am using my debit card outside of... Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, or Illinois, it has to be used with a PIN number now. Mm. So anything outside that has to be used with a PIN number. And if anything outside of Illinois is used, I get notified immediately before a transaction is processed. So uh, knowing all this information, I call the hotel to try to figure out my my situation because I have one card that's my debit card. And like I said, I mean, obviously I need, to, I need to use my PIN number. So when I called the hotel and I asked them about the whole debit card situation – they said that they don't use a PIN number, uh, but they do keep the card on file uh, when we check in. So I said, it's fine, whatever. So I took the money out of my account and brought cash with me. And, I mean, I'm a cash person, but I don't like to carry a lot of cash with me mm-hmm. um, just because uh, people in this world are shitty and will mug me. So I took the cash with me. I got to the hotel and everything, and I give them my card. Well, they tried to process my card. Uh, and they're telling me they're telling me that it's declined and everything, and I was like, "Well, it's going to be declined because I didn't put my pin number." And you guys said, "I can't use my debit card as a pin without with the pin because you guys don't run debit." Like, well, we do run debit here. We process debit transactions. I'm like, "You could process a debit transaction using my pin number." He's like, "Yeah, we could run your debit card as a debit card. It's not a problem." So I was like, "Well, fuck. I mean, I have to do that because at this point they already told me I couldn't pay the cash, you know." So I called my bank. Wait, you I can't trans- pay with cash at a hotel? Uh, well, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to okay. it. I couldn't. Sorry. I couldn't pay it up front. Okay, so I couldn't pay the cash up front. 
So I had to call the bank and everything. I had to move money from my savings into my checking. I had to increase my uh, my limit for that day from five hundred to a thousand, because the room was like five hundred eighty bucks. Jeez. Um. So they swiped the card and everything, and they tell me yeah, it didn't go through. I'm like, well, yeah, it didn't go through because I need to put my PIN number in. You know, that's how you run a debit. Because right. when you run debit, you need to use the PIN number. And they're like, no, sir, you're misunderstanding me. You, we run your debit card, but it's processed as a credit transaction and i'm like okay so you're not getting me i asked you if i could run a debit with my pen and you said you could run the debit card as debit basically they're telling me i'm wrong i'm telling them they're wrong and there's no way to for us to agree on this so after all this shit and everything i just tell them like listen fine i'll just pay you cash okay it was just pay cash. I will give you the money right now so I could just be on my way. I want to get to my room. Because it's been about 35, 40 minutes from this point now. Right. Um, they told me that, well, they can't do that. They have to have my card on file, and they have to process the transaction. And I was telling them, like, I don't need you to process a transaction on my card. I just need to pay with cash. The whole problem that we're having right now is you told me that my card needs to be on file. So you have it, and then when I check out, I could pay you in cash. And I said, yes, what we do is we run the transaction, and we put a hold on the amount on your credit card. And then on Friday, when you check out, you can pay us in cash, and then we'll release that uh, pending transaction. And then sometime next Friday, you should be able to have that money again. <laughs> so, Which would I, be I'm fine, except at- for they literally said, we put a hold on your credit card. But it's yeah. not a credit card, you jackasses. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sitting there looking at them like they're fucking stupid. And I keep telling them, like, first off, I have very little money. Like, my income is shot. So for me to give you $500 in cash and for you to hold on to an additional $500 for me that I cannot use until next Friday would not work in in any sense of the statement. Right. So, so the only thing I could do is call my company and say, hey, listen – you know, unfortunately, the, the I can't check into this hotel because the because my card my card does not work out here, and they will not take the cash. I need you guys to make you know make the payment for this hotel room. It was a business trip, so I mean they sh- they're going right. to reimburse me for it anyway. So I might as well just you know do this right away. So I get a hold of my boss. My boss said, "If I will call you back with the credit card information and everything." I told the uh, person behind the counter. I, my boss can get the credit card information. He's going to tell me what it is so we can get this process and ready to go. Okay, fine, not a problem. You know, that'll work. They call me back. I get, I'm, I'm ready to write down the information and everything. I was like, can I get a piece of paper to write down the information? And they're like, well, in order for us to process their payment, we need them to fill out a credit card authorization form. So 10 minutes between the first phone call and the second phone call, they decide not to tell me this process. Because I was just going to write down the credit card number, the name on the card, the exact expiration date, all the shit you need. Right. Like I kind of explained to them I was going to do. So in our 10 minutes has left from the already 55 minutes that we're at. Oh, my gosh. Somehow, somebody they forget to tell me that. So I said, okay, well, I told them, like, like listen, you know, sir, I need your email address so we can send it to them and everything. I write down the email address. I gave them the email address. And um, they... So they, e- they email my boss and everything. My boss fills out the form and sends it back. 20 minutes goes by. I don't hear anything. I call my boss. He says he sent it. I ask him if he can send it again. He sent it again, whatever. They still haven't received it. Um, and then the guy behind the counter realizes that what he did is he sent the email from a different employee's email. That guy left, logged out. 
So that's why he's not getting the email because it went oh, to the other guy. Jeez. So then they had to, I had to give my boss the email address so they could send it to the right person. When they got the paperwork finally, they found out that they sent my boss the wrong paperwork. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So they had to resend him the right paperwork, and finally it gets back to my to uh, the guy. After literally two hours and fifteen minutes of dealing with this shit, I was finally able to get in my room. My gosh. Yeah. That is insane. It's a, yeah, it's a fucking joke. I mean, like, and I got no ill will towards this uh, hotel whatsoever. I'm not going to mention the name of the hotel. That's fine. But it's just like the process is not accurate. And it's not. It's, it's not usable. Um, to I guess I, I I I'll call myself a commoner. I don't give a fuck because I've gone to hotels when I went you know fucking down in like Champagne and shit like that. You know, I, I walk in, they just keep my card on file. They don't run a transaction. They just keep the card on file, and then I just pay it when I leave. Right. I don't know. I don't know how it can't be that simple. But apparently in Charlotte, they gotta do everything fucking different. Completely fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the week was fine. I got to meet everyone, go to class, we barbecued and shit. That was amazing, and everything was good up until I got on the flight home, and the male uh, flight attendant came up to me and asked me if I needed additional straps for the fucking seatbelt. <laughs> I, I told him like no I'm good it's buckled it's good I have it tight I'm okay ready to go and he keeps asking me like are you sure sir I'm gonna need to check it and I'm pulling on the seatbelt I'm like see it's locked it's attached you know well we just want to make sure you're as comfortable as possible I'm like if you want me to be comfortable get wider seats <laughs> put, put me I'll be more comfortable class. Yeah, and he's like, well, I mean, you know, just to be safe, would you like me to get you a seatbelt extension? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm totally fine without the seatbelt extension. The seatbelt is buckled. I'm okay. He's like, well, we just want to make sure that your flight is comfortable and, like, you know, you just have a good flight. I'm like, you know what would be a really good flight, sir? If you didn't announce to the entire airport or the entire airplane that you believe I need a seatbelt extension. <laughs> that would make me feel much better. No He's kidding. like, oh, I'm so sorry. So I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm buckled in. I'm sitting here. I'm not, you know, flowing over into the seat next to me. I'm not flowing over into the aisle. I'm totally fine the way I am. Thank you very much. And I tried to be as nice as possible with it because I don't want them to fucking stick rubber gloved hands up my butthole looking for fuses and shit because I got erratic. <laughs> <laughs> so Word. other than those two times, I had a good time. It was, a, it was an amazing time. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's rough travels. It is, it is. It was unpleasant, but I mean, like, I gotta do it again. Uh, come Orlando, February, I gotta go to Orlando for a summit meeting. So that'll be oh, pretty. Nice. Yep. So I'm super excited for that. I'm also super excited because uh, our guest is ready to come on, and if you guys are ready, I would like to uh, get a hold of him to have, a talk, <laughs> and we sure. could uh, talk about some amazing things. Perfect. I'm ready. Perfect. Let's get him on. What up, everybody? It's Razor. This is Fear. And MDI. And we are Fifth Cast, the premier show of the FYFC Podcast Network. We like to talk. Hell, we'll talk about anything. World events and personal stories. Technology and pop culture. And once even, pterodactyl porn. Seriously, that's a thing. Google it. New episodes are available every Friday on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also, subscribe to the video podcast on youtube.com slash FYFC podcasts. I'm not sure why you were yelling, but that was excellent. Now, fuck your face and back to the show. We said normal voice. I know, but I like that one. <laughs> we're freaking awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you know, starting next week, uh, this freaky show will uh, relaunch uh, during the month of October. I'm uh, super excited for that because we take the entire month to celebrate Halloween. And I figured, what's the best way to 
kind of merge into uh, our Halloween celebrations by having a pre-freak uh, freaky show uh, this week. So we are actually launching this freaky show with uh, an exciting interview with, um, well, I guess our guest, James Dermond. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, that's Derm- right. James Dermond. Excellent. Um, so I'm super excited to sit here and talk with you. Uh, real quick, do you just want to give our listeners kind of like a little background on uh, who you are? Sure. I'm a, a fairly new writer. I started writing last year and I had my first book out. It's a collection of six short horror stories uh, called Doorways to the Unseen, Six Tales of Terror and Suspense. And the entire series is called Doorways to the Unseen. And the next volume is coming out by Halloween. I might launch it on Halloween Day. And uh, I also have several novels that I'm writing, right, and uh, should be released next year. Fantastic. Nice. So, so um, like, what kind of got you into becoming a writer and everything? Were there any influences uh, for what kind of motivates you in that direction? Okay. Well, I, you know, I've always loved to read, like most writers. And uh, I was particularly interested in the horror genre. And... Uh, you know, as as a self-publishing or independent publishing uh, became prominent, and the market started to shift away from traditional publishing, I I saw an opportunity and I wanted to pursue it. Uh, I'd always thought about being a writer, but it always seemed like a, really like a long shot. You know, almost random uh, whether or not you became published, and if you became published, if you became a success. You know, and, and the nature of the business was different then because they would just do a print run. And if you didn't make, you know, if, if uh, you didn't uh, become a success during like the first print run or at least break even, then you were never heard from again, you know, or you, you could try to sell your second book and get an advance from the publisher. And, you know, maybe the advance is all you ever make. But now things are a lot different because everything is digital and we have print on demand. So you can uh, basically create your own publishing company, which I did, and uh, use different platforms like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and uh, Kobo, and, and there's a number of other mm-hmm. platforms, even like uh, you know Google Play and, and Apple's platform, and uh, you can sell an infinite number of digital copies at no cost to yourself, and then every uh, print copy is on demand. So if somebody wants a print copy, they just order one. You know the uh, the printers at Amazon uh, will spit one out put it in the mail and send it to the, uh, to the, the purchaser for you. And, uh, and you can also build your own platform now using social media and, uh, and plat, you know, and, um, and software programs like MailChimp where you build an extensive email list and you can market to those people. So things are a lot different now. And this has really happened only over the last several years, maybe the last three or four years where you could really do what you can do now and, create your own publishing company and uh, create your own marketing machine and, and uh, reach a large audience. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, um, I've, th- I've thought about doing writing, but I'm, I'm still in grad school and I just, uh, I, I kind of have to pick one right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I have uh, a master's degree actually. So I remember what oh, grad school was like. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I'm, I'm nearing the finish line. I, I've just got a thesis left basically. Uh, but I, I remember reading uh, Stephen King's On Writing and his, his process at the back of the book that describes you know, his opinion of how to break into the, the industry. And it is a lot more extensive and a lot more uh, complicated and, and, like you were saying, a bit, a bit more of a shot in the dark than, um, 
than what you're able to do now with Amazon's platforms and social media and, and all of this stuff. So that's that's fantastic that you're able to do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the element of luck has been taken out of the publishing and writing game for the most part. You know, people that will put in the time and are persistent enough can you know, make a living as a writer and become a somewhat prominent writer just by effort. You know, you, uh, before, I'm sure there were thousands of writers over the years that were excellent and never were even able to get published. So yeah. uh, now it's uh, just a matter of, um, you know, having some money. You know, you need some money to do this, not, but not a lot, and um, putting in the, the effort to do so. Gotcha. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the stories that you write. It's, I mean, obviously it's, it's horror. Is it, do you like to focus on a specific type of horror or? No, not really. I mean, uh, the stories, you know, they can be characterized in different ways. I, I try to write across all kinds of different subgenres and horror. Um, the s names of the stories are, I have the book in front of me, uh, The Drowned Man is the first story, uh, Grandfather's Cane, A Return to Dust, the Plague, which was originally called The Plague of Madness, and I shortened it. And Roadside Diner, and the last story is Stella. And Stella. each one is different. I tried to write in kind of different areas of horror. The first two are ghost stories, but the drowned man, um, you know, the two main characters are college girls. And it's kind of like a young adult story. I, I got that from other writers. And, uh, you know, it takes place on a lake house. And Grandfather's Cane is almost like a murder mystery. You know, kind of, it's kind of like an Agatha Christie meets um, the occult type murder mystery story. And then uh, Return to Dust is almost like uh, science fiction or uh, The Outer Limits. You know, it takes place in even uh, what could be called an alternate universe, which mm -hmm. is something like a 1940s Russia, and it's about human experimentation. Have you have you ever uh, heard the creepy pasta, the Russian sleep experiment? Have you heard that? Uh, I, I feel no. like I have. Okay, I, I mean it's got me like 12 million mm -hmm. views or something like that on YouTube. You know, like the the main, the original posting of it. You know, a lot of people have heard it, but uh, this this story was compared to the Russian sleep experiment and the movie The Men Behind the Sun and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's From Beyond. It was like a combination of of those things, and it's about uh, psychometric experimentation. And then the fourth story is The Plague, and that's, that's actually the most popular story because it's the most straightforward horror story, but it kind of has an H.P. Lovecraft uh, cosmic horror feel to it. And then Roadside Diner um, isn't quite a horror story. It's more like a Twilight Zone episode, and it takes place in an isolated diner out in the, the dusty uh, southwest, which I've been to. I'm in Colorado right now. And then the last story is Stella, which takes place in Latin America. And it's about an ancient temple and archaeology in some ways, but where there's a surprise ending. So All each right. story kind of has a twist. Uh, the, the one with the biggest twist was Grandfather's Cane. And you can listen to an audio adaptation of that on the Simply Scary podcast. Uh, the first three stories, uh, The Drowned Man, Grandfather's Cane, and Return to Dust were adapted uh, for uh, as an audio presentation, a special Halloween episode of the Simply Scary podcast. And it's gotten about 60,000 views now. So, um, And then they released The Grandfather's Cane as a just a standalone audio story last month. So, uh, and that's gotten oh, wow. about 13,000 views. So I've gotten a good reception. Uh, the, 
you know, just through Twitter marketing, really, I, I've been building an email list, but most of the marketing I've done has been through Twitter. I've sold hundreds of copies just through Twitter Wow! and <laughs> just through a DM on Twitter. So it's like an automated process. And over 25% of the sales have been paperback because um, I guess people really like the cover. Mm. I guess that's, that's my guess. It, usually I've talked to other authors that I like uh, paperback sales are two or three percent of their sales but in this case i've had um you know approaching even maybe 30 percent of my sales have been paperback and the rest have been ebooks wow i can see how i've, I've got your website yeah. pulled up here and i'm looking at the cover of it and it's not uh you know you, you see a lot of ebook publishers with pretty generic covers that don't really do anything for you and uh, i like it this draws me in. I like that there's, it's almost, I mean, I think it only shows like four doorways, but, uh, it's six no, there's six. Okay. I was just saying, I have a sense that there's, there's two more that I can't quite see. So I like it. I'm, I'm into that. And it sounds like you're really all over the place in terms of, uh, you kind of run the gamut of, of horror possibilities in this. So I'm excited. I'll probably yeah. be buying this soon. Okay, I did cool. buy it. Yeah, and then the, the next volume is, is coming out, like I said, by Halloween. I'm considering releasing it on Halloween Day. And it includes uh, six more short stories. And they, um, you know, again, there's a, a wide variation in the, in the, the type of stories. Uh, you know, I tried to, to touch all kinds of different, um, you know, themes of horror or, or um or things that people might be interested in are the one of the stories is a, a, a prequel to the grandfather's cane story because uh, one of the things that people mentioned our uh, readers mentioned and, and listeners mentioned on the simply scary podcast is that they wanted more background on the on the uh, main character in um, mm. in uh, grandfather's cane and, and why she did what she did in, in the first story so the uh, the the prequel story is called a god in a grotto and it explains the backstory uh, in maybe like 1920s England uh, behind the character. And in, in the, uh, the grandfather's cane story, she's an old lady, but you find out about her as a young girl and, and what caused her to, uh, to do what she did without giving away the plot uh, to do what she did in the first story. And then um, there's another story that takes place in medieval Germany and it kind of has a, uh, let's put it this way, it has a full moon theme without giving away too much again. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it kind of takes place in the Black Forest or uh, a primeval forest in medieval Germany. That's part of the story. And then another one takes place in 1950s Haiti, but it never actually mentions Haiti. And it's a kind of a zombie story. You know, the original zombie, not the, the current zombie craze. And uh, another is about a ghost ship. And then another one is actually a, a kind of a, it's not quite so scary. It's a lighthearted story. And it was inspired by H.P. Lovecraft's story, uh, The Dweller in the Dark. And uh, that takes place out in the country. I never say exactly when it is, but I pictured it as being the 1970s. And then the last story takes place in the contemporary era. And it's about a writer. And what, um, and he, Turn, he finds out as he writes that, um, you know, what he's writing is starting to uh, affect him and his perception of, of uh, the world around him, mm. and, and it's uh, it, it's kind of like a it, it 
the character is kind of like a Stephen King type character, but you know, I like Stephen King. The the writer in this is supposed to be a hack. You know, he's like <laughs> he's not he's kind of a a popular writer that would be a, a imitation of Stephen King, but mm. you know, not at his level of ability. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so. So uh, I I actually do own the uh, the Kindle version of uh, this book. Um, now the the co- the cover of the book is absolutely amazing. Like you guys are kind of talking about like a little bit a second ago. Uh, I didn't get a chance to chime in there because Joey talks a lot, but uh, <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. Um, is there are there like illustrations like inside the book at like, the beginning of the chapters or anything, or is like the illustration just like the front cover? No, the, well, there's a back there's a back cover illustration. If you get the, um, you know, I don't know if you can see that in the, the, your version of the Kindle, but you know, there's a back color cover illustration. But it's not an extensive illustration. It's mostly text, you know, with some imagery like a big spider and cobwebs and you know the the dusty floor of the the haunted mansion. You know, that's pictured on the front of the cover. Uh, right. The the second volume will be a haunted cathedral. It's a variation on this cover you know but it's distinct enough where if you compare the two you you can tell that they're different and i tweeted it a while ago i I tweeted if you look through my twitter feed you can see that cover and and what it's going to look like okay so um the so the, the illustrator the guy who created the cover and everything um is he also the same guy who created the cover of your next uh your next yeah, book i'm going to have the same uh graphic designer create each cover as long as he's available so he did an excellent job with the first cover so he's going to do the second cover too and the third cover i'm going to keep writing this is going to be my short story series you know like uh, clive barker had the books of blood where Mm -hmm. he just collected all of his uh, short stories into you know different volumes and then after a while he ended it but i think it has i'm not sure how many stories are in it maybe up to 100 you know throughout the the whole series so I can keep going on this for a while, you know, for quite a few years as I write novels too. Mm-hmm. Now, because uh, like as I was looking, because I'm actually on Amazon right now, like kind of like looking, and you got you have a lot of great reviews, which is absolutely amazing. Um, like it looks okay. So this this came out in September of last year, and you're going to release the second one this year. So is this going to be like an annual release? Or? Yes, it'll be an annual release. I I thought about changing. I did, I was originally going to release it in September, uh, like I did last time at the end mm-hmm. of September, but I'm going to experiment with a different release date to see if it improves sales. You know, because I have a bigger audience now, and also I want to know if I'm closer to October, will there'll be more interest in this kind of book. So I'm looking at toward the end, towards the end of October instead. Oh, it, and um, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, like I I read through a lot of it and everything. Um, I I listened to most of it through the uh, the Alexa that I have, um, because uh, and and that's and a poor choice. If anyone's out there recommending to buy a Kindle book and listening through Alexa, don't listen through Alexa because her monotone voice it doesn't get you in the mood. Um, so I. <laughs> So I, I your own it. imagination will do a better job, I'm sure, than it, the robot. Oh, voice. it did, and if and if any, I mean, anyone, either one of these guys can tell you. Like, I, I'm never like really big into like when it comes to, like horror movies and stuff like that. I'm not a big fan of it, but when it comes to like horror short stories, I absolutely love them. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Um. So and I love and I love short stories. Uh, during uh, this freaky show uh, during the month of October, um, Joe here actually. 
uh, he reads scary stories uh, at the end of every episode. So it's absolutely amazing. That's one of the best times I have uh, on the show is when he's reading because he has that voice that I mean, it's just it's it's literally like one of those like book on tape kind of voices. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when when I re- when I read like these scary stories and everything, and um, I I try to like get those like voices going in my head for like different characters and shit but when you do that alexa i mean her she i mean she sounds like she's trying but really it's not there <laughs> but i've never heard alexa actually i mean uh i i've heard the the synthesized voices before and i've used that for my voicemail system but mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really come close it does sound like a robot no matter what you do even if you remix the sound and yeah you know, try to adjust it as much as you can and you really can't fix it yeah, Alexa sounds like Siri with just a slight more compassion. <laughs> and that's that's, that's the best right. way. That's the best way I can describe it to you. Um, I mean, like it sounds. It sounds like deep down, it sounds like she wants to care, but I mean, she realized she doesn't need to. Kind of voice. Uh, Siri just don't give a shit. That's why I got an Android. Um, I thought that would get a laugh, but whatever. Sorry, I was coughing <laughs> instead of laughing. No, it's totally cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay. So, like, how? I mean, like, so you're talking about scary stories and everything like that. Um, like, are you a? Are you? You gotta be a huge fan of Halloween. I mean, there's certain yeah. part of Halloween that you love the most, or anything like that. Is it just like the the thrill of being scared? Is it like you know when you're a kid trick treating? Uh, the decorations. I mean, like, what what is it about Halloween? Oh, yeah. That's probably why I like uh, horror to begin with is because some of my favorite childhood memories are from Halloween and, you know, going trick-or-treating. So I was always really interested in that holiday and uh, it was my favorite holiday and I really like the the October season. You know, I'm originally from Michigan and Michigan was always really beautiful during Halloween and I remember going door to door. So it it left an impression on me. And then another thing that got me into horror was uh, back in Detroit, they had uh, the Creature Double Feature on uh, TV 20, which is a local UA, uh, UHF station. So I'm 45. So I remember um, back when they had, you know, broadcast television instead of digital television. Mm-hmm. And I would, I watched every cheesy, obscure movie from like the seventies, you know, over years of grade school and early high school. So, oh, <laughs> so yeah. if people that read my, my, my writing will see that influence there, like the European horror and the, you know, the low budget horror from that period. I'm uh, really inf- influenced by the 1970s, both the movies and, uh, and the, uh, the television horror related television series that were out at the time, like uh, Kolchak, the night stalker and uh, night gallery or two of them. Okay. Well, if, if you had to choose just like one Halloween movie that you could watch for the rest of your life, could you narrow it down to just one? Yeah, I would probably watch the exorcist over and over again. It's, it's really scary. You know, that's another thing. I saw that and I was scarred for life, you know, when I, when I saw it at an inappropriately young age. And uh, I'm sure that it had some kind of horrible effect on me that lingers today. You know, and I, I, I think and that's where I'm kind of at, like, as far as, like, these whole, like, horror movie things were. Because the first horror movie I ever watched, uh, oh, fuck, what was it? It was either, so... There were two points in my life that somebody was, that my babysitters put on a horror movie, and I can't remember which one happened first, but they're both horrifying. Um, one one of my babysitters put Scream on, and I had a different babysitter who put The Bride of Chucky on. I think Scream came first, right? Like late nineties, and uh, Bride of Chucky came out after that, right? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't really. I've, I'm not quite a fan of those horror movies. I mean, they're okay. Oh, I'm not either. I've only watched a bit of uh, both of them. I watched part of Scream and I watched part of Chucky, and I never really yeah. watched the whole thing. Yeah, it's one of those. I'm, if I remember, like, like it was like '97. '97 was when I watched the first one. I can't remember which one it was. Scream whether it was came Chucky out or... in '96. Chucky came out in '98. Okay, so. So I so then it was Scream. So in '97 I saw Scream, and I got like maybe like five or six minutes into it, where like eventually like the parents come home, and like the girl ends up getting killed. I got to that point. It just freaked me out to the point of, like where I hated horror movies. And then my and then my babysitter put in by the Chucky, different babysitter, different horror movie, just made it worse and shit. And I just kind of gave up on it up until about. When I was 21, 22, um, and the next girlfriend and I started watching uh, the Saw movies and stuff like that. And yeah, I, those I was, are better than Scream and I, Chucky. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, they're more like, they're more artfully done. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, James Wan is a more thoughtful, interesting director than you know what was done yeah. with Scream and. Yeah, and and that's and that's why I realized like when it came to like horror movies, like when it's like when it's like gory slasher, like like. Um, when uh, I think it was Rob Zombie, when he remade Friday the Thirteenth, uh-huh. I wasn't. I mean, that that didn't freak me out when I watched that in theaters. Uh, watching the saws didn't freak me out. I did eventually watch the entire Scream movie, and I realized how dumb it was. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, being a late '90s movie, watching it in like you know the early 2010s, is I mean, it kind of makes it like, well, this kind of sucks. But when you get people who like want to go to the movie theaters and watch like the happening, and um, all that other shit that like comes out and it's kind of freaky, I, I can't really think of the name. Like, there's one paranormal activity. Uh, no, not that. Even though. No, no, no. The village. Not the yeah, the village. Yeah, that was a terrifying one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, How do you uh, pronounce his name? It's M Night. M M Night. M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Shami. I, I never learned to pronounce his name. I've watched uh, <laughs> The Sixth Sense was a really good movie, and I saw it in the theaters. But then mm-hmm. he never quite achieved that, um, you know, that that level of excellence again. <laughs> you know, with, with the movie, I, none of none, some of his movies are good after that, but uh, some of them were bad. But um, I thought that The Sixth Sense was particularly good, and yeah. nothing else that came after that was uh, anything like it. He, he kind of pretty much his uh, his uh, high note and just kind of faded out. I didn't see the village. I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was a great movie. The Conjuring is the movie that everyone's like so eager to see, and I refuse to watch that shit. I what? love the Conjuring. Well, the Conjuring. Yeah, or Annabelle. Yeah, that shit. No, I can't do it. It's those it's those freaky things like that. I can't watch it. Um, I did watch uh, Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds in it. That was amazing. Will not lie to you. That was an amazing movie. Um, I hate sounds. Well, I don't know the I thing is, play. though, all of all of those movies, none of them are really as profoundly frightening and disturbing as The Exorcist. I mean, you can't watch The Exorcist and not, you know, be affected by it. You know, especially if you're young. I mean, it, it almost seems real. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> even if you don't believe in any of the, you know, afterlife or spirits or anything like mm-hmm. that, I mean, you'd watch that and believe in demonic possession afterwards. You know that yeah. it could be possible. And the the movie is is so um, vivid in its presentation of of, uh, of possession. Do you have Do you have a belief in ghosts and? Uh... 
Yeah, I mean, I, of course, because I'm a horror writer, you know, I, I don't discount it. You know, I don't have like a serious belief in ghosts, but, you know, I believe in God and the afterlife. So it's possible that uh, we have, you know, that there are spirits and things like that. It, it, I don't I don't completely discredit the idea. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I have never seen The Exorcist. Um, I need to. <laughs> it's, it's really good. I'd recommend but, it. Are there any other um, Exorcist-related movies that you like? I mean, nothing compares to the original Exorcist. Uh, the, the Exorcist sequel was awful, apparently. I've never sat through the whole thing, but um, it's almost universally panned as one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, wow. And, and, and it has, you know, I, I can't remember who's in it, Um the girl from the first uh, movie is in it. You know, she makes a return as a, you know, young adult. And then um, it was directed, I think, by John Borman, who I could look it up right now, who directed Excalibur, mm. and which is actually one of the the greatest movies of all time. Not, you know, that's not a horror movie, but um, it's yeah, uh, John Borman. Yeah, John John Borman. Let me let me take a look. I think it was John Borman that did it. Exorcist yeah. Two: The Heretic. And it's John Borman. That's right. John Borman is in it, and Richard Burton was in it. Max von Snydow returns as Father Marin, and there's some other. James Earl Jones is in it, but I mean, it's apparently it's it's horrible. <laughs> you know, it's almost incoherent for some reason. And um, I've only watched bits of it. But Exorcist Three um, is actually very good because uh, William Peter Blatty returned, and he directed it, and he wrote and directed it. And uh, it has a lot of what his original vision was, you know, related to a sequel. So uh, that, you know, it's not at the level of the original Exorcist, but it's certainly, uh, it's certainly worth seeing. And uh, it's, it's really frightening in its own right. Do you, uh, do you think that uh, with all the remakes and everything uh, that are coming out, do you believe that those movies coming out as remakes um, potentially destroy what the original ones are? Uh, like were pretty much like with it and everything. Uh, I've heard a lot of people said they love the movie, but then I hear there are some people who feel that when you remake horror movies such like it, or when they read it, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that, it actually destroys the integrity of what the original movie uh, was all about. Is, do you? I mean, do you believe that's a possibility? Of, yeah, of course. But I mean, the, the thing is, these movies, um, a lot of the remakes are done decades later. So, uh, you know, the original, even if it was good at the time, might not uh, hold up today. So it's not it's not unreasonable to do a sequel or a remake, you know, but um, it, it, uh, that possibility is there that like the original vision will be lost. Like there was supposed to be a Hellraiser remake that was going to be done by the French director that did Martyrs. I don't know if you've ever seen Martyrs. No, but Hellraiser is a good movie. Well, yeah, so he was chosen to remake the original Hellraiser. And, um, you know, he wanted to do an adult-themed type um, movie. And the, the, the backers and producers wanted to aim Hellraiser, of all movies, at a teen audience. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> so there was, a, there was a big dispute between them, and, and uh, the project got shelved. And he's, he's got a movie that's coming out pretty soon uh, that's supposed to be uh, really good. But uh, if you want to check out Martyrs, it's it's more it's much worse than anything I will ever write. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's like, well, it's a borderline X-rated movie. It's in that uh, the French, you know, kind of real gore tradition. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what they call it, but uh, his name is uh, Pascal uh, Langay. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. And uh, it was made about ten years ago, and it's like a almost like torture porn, but it's it's um, <laughs> so, but it's so well done, and it has such an interesting story about. Um, about the afterlife, about life and death, and the nature of the afterlife that it's worth seeing, you know. But it's it's extremely explicit and disturbing. Have you ever seen Bone Tomahawk? No, I've I've oh, never even heard of it. Movie. You you need to watch Bone Tomahawk. It's it's a gory movie. It's based in the West. Uh, who's it's not Kurt Russell. Who's in that? Oh man, I should know off the top of my head, but I don't. I think actually, I think my actually. Oh wait, I actually, I have heard of this movie. It and it's about can, it's about cannibals. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like a horror western. Yeah. yeah, I remember uh, reading about it, and there's a really disturbing scene where uh, these women are taken by the cannibals, and they've been blinded and turned into quadriplegics, and they're being kept just as incubators for new cannibals. Yep, yep. You know where they make cannibal babies. I didn't want to watch it after that. You know, I was tempted to watch. You know, it's one of those things where you want to see something that everybody says is great, but at the same time, do you really? You can't unsee certain things. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, that, you know, there if is I definitely a lot of scenes scene. in it that you can't unsee. Well, if I, if I remember right, and Joey may remember better than me, um, I don't think they really. They only show a few scenes with uh, with the uh, those women in it. But I don't think there's like too anything too gruesome with them. Is that? I mean, do you remember uh, it all? Yeah, I would say that you get a couple of glimpses at them, and uh, I think they just put them out of their misery for most of it. Like uh, you, yeah. the the actors, the heroes see them go, oh, that's awful, and then just kill them, so that you don't have to think about them anymore. Uh, I think the I worst scene is uh, what's that? I don't even know if I want a glimpse. It just sounds awful. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> But uh, the the worst thing, the the thing that I can't unsee from that movie is uh, they they take and they they hack a guy in half, starting yep. with his genitals. Mm-hmm. That that is the worst scene of the entire movie. And it's and it's most of it you don't even really see. It, they they do a great thing that good horror does. They let your imagination do most of the work. And uh, what they do is they they show you the first swing, and then the rest of it is you just kind of hear what's happening. And it's awful. I actually, I, it's not so much that I can't unsee it, I can't unhear it. I really <laughs> got to watch this movie. Yeah. You, you, you I might see, see it, it someday. I mean, I have a list of stuff that I, I, I want to watch, and I'll, I'll probably get around to seeing it, but I, I'm worried about some of the gore in it that I, you know, but who knows? I mean, one, that, that, uh, the Plague of Badness story, the plague that I wrote is pretty gory, but, um, you know, I, I let a few older people read it, and they, they thought that I told them it was actually a nightmare, which it was. I uh, I mm. dreamt the whole story, and I really didn't have to add that much. I didn't have to put that much embellishment in there. I just wrote it down as I dreamt it, you know, after I had dreamt it. And um, they were disturbed by that, that, that I had had it as a, a nightmare, that I was able to, to, <laughs> to produce something like that. But even – but there's nothing, there's nothing quite as bad as uh, Bone – as you said, Bone Tomahawk, right? Bone mm-hmm. Tomahawk. Yeah, there's nothing quite as bad as is that uh, some of the things that you've mentioned in in that story, and that's the worst story out of the collection. So, and I'm I'm super excited for the next one to come out. I'm super excited to get through uh, 
the short story book that you currently have on now. Like I said, like I started reading some of it after Alexa just uh, disappointed me in so many ways. So uh, I'm I'm really excited. I'm actually gonna probably read these. Like I probably won't read it all at once. I'll probably read like each story like throughout October as it gets closer to Halloween. Uh, to kind of keep like the whole like theme of Halloween going and everything. Um, but yeah, but, like I'm super excited for your new book to come out because I'm a short story guy. Like I'm not much of a reader, so when I, if I could start a story and get done with it within like the same sitting, then I I feel like I achieved something. So I'm I'm that's why I'm big into short stories. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I, one of my goals was to have different mediums. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. have uh, I have. Uh, ebook and paperback i'm going to look at uh, doing audiobooks of it for people that don't have time to read and then the short story f- collection are, are for people that have less time or just are interested in short stories it was also a way yeah. of getting out my ideas that couldn't be full novels the novels i'm going to be writing are going to be like eighty thousand, you know a hundred thousand words each and are going to be pretty dense so there'll be for a, a different segment of the the reading public nice. you know so um, i'm going to try to have different because this is a publishing company that i started i'm going to have different types of products and you know that appeal to different sorts of audiences awesome Awesome. that's great yeah yeah because i mean my 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 overall goal uh what i decided about a month ago is uh with all the guests that we have on and everything and everything they've created it's it's absolutely amazing to me i mean like i mean the best part doing this podcast is meeting you know great people like yourself and seeing everything you guys achieved so i'm gonna start i'm gonna make like like a wall of like the the creations that our guests have made like uh like comics and books and like everything like that so i'm definitely gonna get a paperback of your first book and i'm definitely gonna get a paperback of your second book because like i i got i need to decorate my office i fear the best thing i could do is decorate it with uh the creations of the guests from our show i think that'd be something really cool to do yeah, that's a sound cool yeah um well before we start goodbyes uh do you want to tell everyone real quick uh, where they can find you on social media, where they can find your book and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm the only James Dermond. Uh, if you just Google search <laughs> me. I mean, there was a James uh, Dermond, and he died like in 1880 or something like that. <laughs> so uh, if you just Google search James Dermond, D-E-R-M-O-N-D, uh, you'll find my website. You'll find Twitter. Uh, you know, you'll find Facebook. I'm I'm on all those. You'll find my Amazon author page, but you can also go to my website, you know, which is just jamesderman.com, and uh, there are links to the Simply Scary podcast uh, broadcast of the first three short stories there, and you you know it's it's embedded in the website, and you can listen to it there. And also, you can order uh, through Amazon. The first story, The Drowned Man, is free on Wattpad, and it's gotten about 300 views. You know, uh, people reading it and a number of comments and reviews. So, um, yeah, it's easy to find me on the Internet and, and uh, social media. But um, yeah, if you just want to check out the book itself, it's on Amazon. It has uh, 24 reviews right now for about 4.6 stars. You know, so I had one critical review and it was a three-star review. Even the person that said he didn't care for it that much gave me three stars. So <laughs> he saw he thought the uh, the endings were predictable. That was his complaint, and he gave it three stars for that reason. But yeah. everything else is positive. That's awesome, awesome, great. Uh, what what we like to do with uh, with all our guests before we do say our final goodbyes is we developed uh, a little game called Freaking Curious. And basically, I'm just going to ask you five random questions. They could be about anything. And you just got to get the best answer that uh, you feel fits it. Okay, sure. 
Perfect. Uh, so first question I have, um, when you were a child and you uh, d- dressed up for Halloween, what was the best Halloween costume you ever had? I was a stormtrooper from Star Wars. Nice. Okay, uh, what was your favorite candy that you got? I think I like the chocolate bars the best, the Hershey bars. Solid choice. Yeah, I mean. Okay, uh, if you had to choose any, like, paranormal, like, town or paranormal, like, building or anything that you could visit for one night, which building would that be or what location? Um, Let me think about this for a second. Okay, I have to look up the name of it. It is the um, the Myrtles Plantation. I think that's what it's called. I think that's what it's called. The Legends of the Myrtles Plantation. I remember reading about this. Um, it was on uh, Haunted Homes, one of America's most haunted homes. And the plantation is supposed to be home to at least 12 ghosts. And it says uh, it's often reported that 10 murders occurred in the house. But there's only it says only one murder. So there's a bunch of ghost stories and... You know, it has the usual bury, you know, built over an Indian burial ground type background, and you know, <laughs> and it was all kinds of uh, Civil War ghosts haunt the house. So that might be interesting to visit. Oh wow! I think I think I actually uh, I think I saw the episode you're talking about because the Civil War stuff sounds very familiar to me. Um, what was that? Three questions. So I got two more here. Yeah, three. Okay, so. Um, now, as you grow up and everything, uh, do you do you visit haunted houses? Do you do anything like that, or you kind of just? No, stay I with mean, I, I went to those, you know, kind of uh, those haunted houses as a Halloween event. You know, those those fake haunted houses where they they put it on, you know, as like a carnival type oh, event. Yeah. You know, the local haunted houses. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually been to something that uh, claims to be a haunted house. You know, a real one. Okay. Okay. And uh, final question. Uh, you mentioned that there was another James Derman that died in like the late 1800s. Uh huh. Are you really this James Derman? No, I'm not. <laughs> so I'm not you know, I don't Perfect. think a ghost from 1880 would know how to use Skype. So. Hey, I mean, anything's possible, man. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us, man. I it was it was awesome, and I I can't express how honored I am that you took the time out to talk with us. Well, yeah, I appreciate it being on the show. So absolutely, Just let and me that, know when it is published, and I will tweet it to my forty two thousand plus Twitter followers. Awesome, that would be super exciting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, like it should be out on Saturday and everything. Um, and. Um, yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch. Let us know when you do release the next book. We'll let everyone know. And then, obviously, with the links and everything you gave us, we'll put those in the show notes below so everyone can find you. Uh, everyone out there, make sure you go to uh, jamesderman.com, find his book, listen uh, listen to his stories being read because, I mean, it's got to be better than Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we come back. Colin can do freaking state of minds. Hello, everybody. I'm Jason. And I'm Jeff. We're from the History of Bad Ideas podcast. You know what you're listening to right now, Jeff? What are we listening to right now? This freaking show. This freaking show? This freaking show. And when you're not listening to this freaking show, take a listen to the History of Bad Ideas. Where we talk about sports, movies, and other pop culture events happening in the world. So take a listen. Uh, We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and any other place that you find uh, great podcasts like this freaking show. This freaking show. 
Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of this freaking state of mind. You know, that little segment out of our show where we go through each state in alphabetical order, listing off a few facts about that state. Uh, what what state did we end up with, guys, last week? Utah. Anybody know? It was Texas, Utah. Right? Utah. No, it was yeah, Utah. Was Good old state of Utah. Well, right after that falls the great state of Vermont. You know, that one. Not much happens there. <laughs> Zero. Uh, Very little. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get right on to it. Vermont was the first state admitted to the Union after the ratification of the Constitution. Uh, with the population with a population of fewer than nine thousand people, Montpelier, Vermont, is the smallest state capital in the U.S. Uh, Montpelier, Vermont, is the only U.S. capital without a McDonald's. <laughs> uh, Colin, what are you uh, what are you freaking on this week? This week I am freaking on. Oh, I have a dentist appointment. Huh. Which, I mean. If you want to freak on it, <laughs> that's what I'm what I'm looking forward I, to this week. I won't freak on it. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it because it's <laughs> your, this is your freak, man. This is your weekly freak. You can, do, you oh, can freak on whatever you want. I, it's, I have a dentist appointment this week, so that's what I get to look forward to. Uh, positive of it, I get to uh, I'm working from home afterwards. Nice. Took a half day and said, you know what? I don't feel like going in after my just. Morning dentist appointment. No, I don't blame you. And the funny thing is that I take the like the first uh, opening of the day, which is before I would even get to work by the time I'm done. So awesome. So yeah, I I just like you know what I got a cleaning in the morning. I'm gonna take a half day, then I'll go to work at noon. So. Nice. So, what about you, Travis? What you freaking out? Uh, well, not see. There's not a whole lot going on for me this week. Everything pretty much happened last week, as far as like my business trip to uh, Charlotte. Um, I did a I did a an on location podcast at a wrestling show for JFW, uh, which is absolutely amazing. So, I guess the only thing I had to look forward to this week is that uh, a lot of things came out for Netflix I need to catch up on. As far as uh, the new season of Fuller House came out, also uh, the new season of Gotham uh, came out on Netflix, yeah, and there's uh, there's one more show that came out that I need to catch up on. I can't remember what it is, but uh, definitely Fuller House and uh, Gotham I gotta catch up on. Um, so that's I mean that's why I'm looking. Uh, I got to look forward to. Other than that, I'm just really excited about getting everything set up. Not only for uh, this freaky show, you know, that we're going to have through the month of October and also our 100th episode. So, um, a lot, you know, a lot of things uh, I get, you know, to do with that, but that's going to be like over a course of the next few weeks, not just this following week. So, uh, Netflix, I guess, pretty much. Nice. Joey, tell us, tell us what you're freaking on this week. I am freaking on The Tick. Uh, the Amazon Netflix, or Amazon Netflix, I keep saying <laughs> that. The Amazon Prime the Amazon. Series. Uh, just came out about a week ago, and uh, it was fantastic. And they also had the uh, early 2000s Patrick Warburton version available, so I, I sped through that one too. So nice, the tick. Yeah, I've been uh, watching some of that as well. Yeah, it's it's so good. 
It's funny. Man. And it's such a palate cleanser from like the like how seriously superhero movies take themselves these days. Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's so good. I recommend it. Gotcha. I gotcha. Hey Joe. Yeah. Every week our listeners can catch uh Geek Catch Joe here on this freaking show. Uh except for the month of October because uh Geek Catch Joe takes a break and the freak Joe shows up. But other than that, our listeners catch Geek Catch Joe here on this freaking show. But obviously one hour a week of you could never be enough for just one person. They would definitely need to get more Geek Cash Show. So where can these people go to get more of Geek Cash Show? If you need more Geek Cash Joe, you can find me over at the Geek Cash Live podcast at gcl.ninja. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching Geek Cast Live. Nice. Awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned it throughout the entire episode. I'm going to mention it again. Make sure you tune in for the next five weeks of this freaky show where we dedicate the entire month of October to Halloween. Freak Joe will be back, and the Freak Joe will be reading short stories at the end of every episode as he did uh, the year before. The best thing we can tell you to do is when it comes to those short stories, we would love if you would submit one that you have created yourself or one that you guys suggest to us. If not, you're just putting more work on the Freak Joe for finding them himself, which I'm sure he wouldn't mind doing it. But we would love to hear from you guys on your recommendations or even a short story that you created yourself. So make sure you get involved in that. Uh, in a few weeks here, we'll be celebrating our 100th episode. Super excited for that. Um, huge, uh, you know, a, we, we got something planned that I'm sure you guys will enjoy. It'll be awesome. We're going to have a few guests back uh, to celebrate with us. I'm not going to tell you who that is yet because everything needs to be surprised to some people, and this will be your surprise. We know you don't, and that really makes me happy knowing that. Um, make sure you uh, check out uh, GeekCast Live so you can hear more uh, GeekCast show. And make sure you stop over at uh, Just Freak of Wrestling, the JFW podcast, to hear me, along with Dizzle J, talk about wrestling. Uh, if you're a pro wrestling fan, that's definitely a place for you to go. Make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, just by searching This Freaking Show. And you can go to our website, thisfreakingshow.com, see a list of all the guests we had on, all the amazing guests we had, like we had James tonight. Um, you can contact us through uh, the website as well with your comments, concerns, or questions that you have for the show. If you want to be a guest on the show, make sure you follow us there as well. Uh, thanks again to the Fire Pit Bar and Grill for being a sponsor of this freaking show, as well as We Are Dapper Ties for being a sponsor. Make sure you check out FirePitBarAndGrill.com and WeAreDapperTies.com for the services they provide. We definitely appreciate it. As always, I am Travis D. I'm Awkward Colin. And I'm GeekCast Joe. Thank you for listening to another episode of This Freaking Show. I'm out.